Maiwa, uh, great to have you. It's been close two years now since we met face-to-face. Maiwa and I, we used to work at the same firm back in the day. Maiwa was building like the first digital bank in, in Africa. He was building like a whole bunch of amazing things. And then one day I wake up and Maiwa had left and, and got to start his own thing. So we are almost catching up for the first time in, in, in two years now. But Maiwa, thanks a lot. Really great to have you. Uh, have you joined. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you as well. Really good. Very good. We're going to go into a bit more detail, but let's start with, with you. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about Traction Apps, who you are, what you do when it comes to Traction Apps. I think that'll be a great starting point. Great. Um, so, yes, yeah, so my name is Mayawa Ali. Um, I currently work at Traction Apps. Uh, I'm a co-founder um, at, at Traction um, I lead attraction product and, and technology. Right? So essentially, looking after what we build and how we uh, and how we build it. Um, traction itself is uh, a merchant solution provider. So we build tools for small businesses, uh, helping them to power, you know, different aspects of their operations. Now, before we we delve into traction, I'll try. I always find it very interesting to actually understand. For a lot of like entrepreneurs, tech startups, I always find it very interesting to figure out what is the backstory, and what led them to this to this point. So, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about your upbringing, so your family, the way you went to school? Do you feel like any of these things played a big part in you deciding to take the entrepreneurial plunge and, and start to work on on track? So Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Cool. Yeah, so so, so I, I grew up in um, in Nigeria um, in Ibadan, right? Ibadan is like a city. It's it's like an hour from Lagos, right? Um, you know, so smaller town, less you know, less noisy <laughs> uh, compared compared to Lagos. First child, family of um, three kids. Um, but I think you know, all through um, all through like growing up, right? I think everything has pretty much led to me, um, you know, running a business, right? I think that's always, I think right from like whenever I can remember, you know, that's always been something that, you know, I always wanted to do was run a business, right? Um, my dad um, is also an entrepreneur and, you know, I get that was part of the inspiration and, you know, we used to, like we used to spend a lot of time in his office, um and so i guess that you know that entire like you know seeing seeing that entire setup was 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 part of the early inspiration right to want to run a business um but i remember even like you know when i was in primary school right i always used to sell stuff right um you know so you know when i was in primary school i used to actually my mom used to make like pastry for us Um, and then I would like basically go sell it, uh, you know, sell it in school and then like, you know, use it to buy sweet and sugar, um, um, essentially then, yeah. Uh, but then, you know, fast forward kind of, you know, when I school and then, you know, went to university in Nigeria, I'm at Covenant University. Um, it was very interesting, right? Because when I filled my form to, to university, I actually filled business, um, as my course of study. <laughs> um, and then my dad saw it as like, what, what is this? <laughs> but he, he, he was into business. He was into business. So why, why was yeah, he, was into, was he, he was into business, right? But I guess he was, he was into construction, right? He was like, um, civil engineer. Um, and to like, no, you can't, right? Like you have to study a 
the word was like a professional course, <laughs> um, which, which typically then meant either it's medicine or engineering or accounting or law, you know, just like very prestigious sounding um, programs. Um, and so I kind of got ultimately convinced to study electrical engineering um, in, in in school, right? Um, and, and so I went and I did it, right? But I think for me from like second year, it was like, okay, I, I know I'm definitely not going to practice engineering, right? Uh, and I kind of found my way back again on campus, back to entrepreneurship. Uh, and so, you know, um, I did quite a number of business ventures um, while in school. Um, I published a magazine um, for high school students, um, ran a food delivery service on campus, um, you know, sold um, random things like catfish, <laughs> um, you know, I'm probably like the most ambitious, <laughs> the most ambitious is actually kind of like launching like a mini ISP on campus, like internet service provider, right? Because mm -hmm. on campus, like internet wasn't great. Um, and so we like essentially got like a visa on campus and tried to, uh, you know, like up, like resell internet to students, even though that got shut down very quickly. Um, but I think, yeah, for, for me, you know, from, from 200 level, I was really clear that, you know, I really wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, and to going into um, 400, 500 level, right, in like my final year in school, um, I'd interned, uh, I'd done like an undergrad intern um, at a small like internet internet service provider um, in Ibadan, um, you know, during my fourth year. And, um kind of identify like an interesting opportunity, right? In terms of like in, in, in reselling internet. Um, and so that was actually what led to like me trying to build like an ISP on campus. Uh, but also figured out that actually, you know, there were a number of private universities at the time that had the same problem, right? Of like bad, like poor internet, right? And this was like 2005. Um, and so I actually, you know, my my plan, you know, out of um, university was to actually go start a business immediately, um, you know, going around all the different private universities and, you know, helping to build internet infrastructure for, for, for them um, and then, like, build the students, like, you know, out of their fees. Um, and we'd actually done a, a business plan myself and another, um, another student at the time. Um, but, yeah, um, and then McKinsey happened. <laughs> Before before um, before we talk about know, McKinsey, so, before we talk about McKinsey, I guess yeah. for me, you know, what I, what I'm wondering, and, and I guess this is also a little bit like myself, right? When I think about when I was, you know, university, etc., right? It's like you were doing all of these things, right? You were, you know, building an ISP for on campus. You were uh, publishing a magazine, the first teenage magazine. Like you're doing all of these bunch of stuff, right? You know, the question I always wonder, and I know why, I know my I know my answer to this, but why were you doing all of these things? I mean, you're, you're in uni, you could have said, hey, I'm studying electrical engineering, I'm going to spend all my time, you know, attend lectures, do all of these things. You know, why did you feel like you had to do all of these dismissals from magazines to ISPs to XYZ? Mm. Why, why do you think you're doing that? Yeah. I think it was a combination of two things, right? I think first there is the innate restlessness right you know that i've always had right in terms of like uh 
you know, spot what I think is an opportunity and just want to do it or solve a problem. Um, you know, so, so I think that's one. Second is actually, um, I think, you know, also a bit of credit, some credit to like, uh, a university as well to Covenant, right? You know, they were all, it was also a school that was very big on entrepreneurship, right? Um, and so, you know, right from like when we came in, like it was really like armored into your head, right? Is you need to be a solution provider, you need to do this, you know, there are no jobs out there. Um, you know, you need to um, be an entrepreneur. And they were one of the first schools that, you know, we had like a, a, a course program called entrepreneurial development studies right which was like a like a one credit course but was compulsory for everyone right right from like first year to final year right and you also as part of that had to do like um they call it like eds practicals then where you had to go learn some you had to go learn like some skill right you know outside of like your typical books right so either you go learn printing, uh, there are a bunch of things then, poultry and farming, um, you know, just to make sure that you had something else you could. So I think, you know, that being in that environment, right, also meant that, you know, just, you know, everyone wanted, and I, it wasn't just me, right, you know, it was just, it was a school where, like, you know, everyone, you know, was doing something, um, you know, complete outside of the, the academics, partly, you know, due to that inspiration. So I think it was, so, those, so, it, it was those two reasons. Yeah. So a combination of just an inner restlessness to, you know, find problems, solve the problems you are facing, right, and and also just the environment in, in Covenant. Fast forward, spend a bit of time in McKinsey, went to business school, and then interestingly, I think before you went to business, either before or after, you joined Conga, right? And, you know, I think for, for a yep. lot of people who don't know about, you know, the Conga story, I think now you've got a lot of big technology companies in Africa, but back in the day, it was literally Conga and Jumi, and those were like the first, like, truly big Jumi, yeah. tech companies yep. in West Africa, right? And it was like exciting time. Nobody knew how big this thing was going to be. So, you know, before the the, the payment companies of, of today, it was like Conga and uh, Jumia, right? Well, why did you why did you do that? Why did and you Jumia, join? Yeah. yeah. Why did you join Conga? I think then it was really, you know, I was super crystal clear that, you know, technology was going to be the um, the thing um, that I wanted to, to, to do. And so I was looking for exposure to technology after McKinsey. Um, you know, the way thing is, right? Like, you know, in between business school, you've got like, you know, a couple of gap months. Um, and he was like, okay, what do I go? What do I go do? Um, and so um, I was looking for a tech company. I had opportunity at a number of businesses um, to go work. Um, I'd spoken then to a logistics business. Um, I'd spoken to a payments business. Um, and then there was Conga. And Really, I joined Conga for two reasons. One was like Sim was an amazing, great salesperson. <laughs> um, I could, he could sell, he could sell folks yeah. really quickly on the vision. Exactly. Um, and so that, exactly. Was, that was one reason. But second was that the role I was actually playing at Conga was really unique in that he actually gave me exposure to all of the three different things, right? So he gave me exposure to logistics. He gave me exposure to payment because Conga was building its own payment business at the time. Um, and it basically gave me exposure to like, you know, um, you know, commerce and like managing, um, you know, sellers and small businesses, um, you know, at that, at that time. Right. And so for me, because it was really like a short space of time, I wasn't trying to be 
a domain expert, you know, that was the perfect role where, you know, in six months you can come and you can see a full, uh, you, you can you can see like a full spectrum of how the, of how the industry works, right? Yeah. I think that, you know, that those were, um, I was there for five months and then I went back for another three months um, during my B-School internship. Uh, I think these were like some of the best, like learning, um, you know, learning period that I had, right? You know, just it, being able to, really, really, you know, understand how, you know, our tech company, a tech business runs, um, and, you know, interfacing with engineers and, you know, developers for the very first time, um, and also with business people, it was really, uh, it was really valuable. Well, I think the interesting thing, you raise an interesting point, right, which is, you know, this, this school of thought that, you know, typically before you, before you actually go start a tech company or any company, right, for that matter, always good for you to actually go work with somebody who's actually doing it, right? And and I listened to your story, right? And it's quite yeah. interesting how a lot of the work you're doing in Conga, you know, it was obviously an e-commerce platform, but a lot of the sellers there were, you know, small, you know, SME type sellers, right? And fast forward, you know, exactly. six, seven years later, you are actually building payment systems and, and enterprise solutions for, you know, SMEs, right? So I guess for me, the question I have is, do you feel like that experience was very critical in the path that you are on now? Or do you think you'd have done, you'd have done faction ups, you know, anyway, right? Without the whole Kong experience. Like what, what do you think about that? Um, so, so I think that it, it, it was critical, right? So, um, you know, it, in terms of like really learning, um, I think, you know, even in terms of like, you know, shaping what I did, um, at McKinsey, even when I came back, right? Um, you know, it was like super pivotal. Um, you know, would I have been doing traction apps? I think I'll, I'll, I'd still be like running the tech business, irrespective. Um, you know, if I, you know, if, 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 even if I hadn't, maybe you wouldn't be for small businesses, right? Because just like you say, right? You know, that was, you know, where I started to really get that exposure into, uh, to small businesses and kind of seeing how much, you know, opportunity and, you know, problems that these guys um, add, right, in in, in in running their operations, right? So maybe I would have been doing something completely, you know, random, like, you know, invest, um, invest tech or something, right? But I think that was, one of, <laughs> that was the place where I first, um, you know, really started to see that small business, um, yeah. that small business um, um, opportunity, yeah. Okay, fantastic. So, so fast forward, you know, you finish Conga, you come back to McKinsey the second step. Remember, you know, sometime early, early Jan, February, 2020, or one, or one day I was actually having a conversation with you. And then the next day, Mayo had left. And then the, a month after that, you started traction. How was that transition like? What, what, what got you to the point where you said, hey, I'm going to leave it now. And this was... This is what I'm going to do. Like, what were some of the things that really helped you shape and actually take that jump? Because it's um, it's a pretty scary jump, right? Like, one day you are you're working in this comfy. I was about to say nine to five, but really nine to nine, right? Yeah, this is like <laughs> nine to nine job. You know, you are having amazing impact. You are building the first digital bank in Africa. You are building the first sort of logistic platform that tracks healthcare commodities across Africa. You do all of these things. And you also have the benefit of an amazing, stable, nice salary, right? And then you leave all of that and you say, hey, I'm going to go do something else, right? You know, talk us through, like, yeah. you know, the audience, how you were thinking about it, what caused you to actually make that jump, right, uh, at that point in time? Yeah, 
Yeah. So I think for like, you know, like I said earlier, right, it was, it was a jump I was going to make, right? I think I was very clear, even coming post, um, you know, post B school to make things a second time. You know, like I said, it's not, it's not an easy jump to make. Um, myself and my co-founder had been talking for a while about, you know, building, building traction, right? You know, and we both, you know, in different, you know, um, you know, different ways at, you know, interface with like small businesses. And we were really clear that, you know, there was a big opportunity there, um, you know, and we wanted to do it. Uh, the question was always when, <laughs> um, you know, when, um, when do we do it, right? So my co-founder left McKinsey earlier, um, earlier than I, and then he, he also went and he went and did other stuff, right? You know, he, he worked um, um, at a right alien startup and COO, he did some, some stuff there. Um, and I think it was late 2019, we, you know, we kind of started to say, okay, look, let's get serious about this thing that we've just been talking, um, you know, talking about. Um, and so he actually took the jump a little earlier. So he had left the right alien startup and then he just pretty much went and, um, you know, you know, just started traction, right? Went, you know, we, I mean, our thesis had obviously like, you know, morphed a little, you know, quite a bit since we started, but it was just a case of, look, look, let's just start to put something together. Um, and so he, um, he went and started that and, you know, Coincidentally for me, I had also just um, had a baby. And so I was on long paternity leave. Uh, I think that was like, you know, that opportunity to also just completely take a step back, right? And just be like, okay, you know what? What am I actually, like, why am like, you know, why continue to delay? Why continue to delay this thing? You know, it's really what I always wanted to do, um, you know, it was also right timing, right? I think that was important in kind of just seeing the way the market was was shaping. It's like, look, if you don't jump in now, you know, it's going to be too late. Yeah. Um, and I had a discussion with my wife, which is important. <laughs> um, you got to get a sign off. Just to be clear on what was to, yeah, uh, just to be clear on what was to come. Um, and yeah, she was, she was supportive. Right. Um, I think she, she kind of also knew, right. Cause like my last six months at McKinsey was always like, it was already, I was already very restless. Right. Sure. And so she kind of knew it was coming and she, she kind of gave a blessing. Um, and so, you know, post my, my, my paternity leave, um, came back and, you know, basically just, you know, um, yeah, told, told from I was leaving. <laughs> what was, was there, um, and I bring this up because, especially with in the light of COVID, right, it's a lot of people who are transitioning to do something that yeah, they are restless about, right? What were your biggest fears? And at some point, did you ever say, hey, actually, especially in the early days, you know, I wish I could go back? I'll tell you the fun story, right? It was, um, so, I, so I left February, right, um, pretty much last year of February. Um, and I started attraction because my co-founder was already there, right? I said attraction literally first working there in March. Um, <laughs> and that was pretty much like, you know, when the COVID wave started. And so it was pretty much the worst possible time to actually be starting a business, eh? To <laughs> uh, so actually be starting a, starting a business that was going after physical sellers. 
Exactly. <laughs> um, it was literally the worst possible time. And so literally, like, you know, my first two weeks, two weeks into, like, starting, it was, or it looks like there's going to be a lockdown, right? Uh, COVID is spreading to see. Um, and so, you know, there was, like, really, like, no, no time to, like, feel like, you know, and, like, get your way into this thing. We had to, you know, what we were building before then was um, an inventory solution for physical sellers. Um, and so we basically are like, look, if we don't pivot, even this is like pivot before launching, literally, uh, <laughs> if we don't pivot this thing, we're not going to have a business to mm -hmm. run, right? So, so two weeks in, it was really like calling all the engineers and saying, guys, you know, we're going to have to completely like, you know, tweak what we are, what we're building because it looks like there might be a, there might be a lockdown um, and, um, you know, essentially our customers won't be able to, to operate. Um, and so we, and I think three weeks in or four weeks in, so three weeks in, we had to like almost remote work. Um, and I think like, you know, a week or two after the government declared um, a, a lockdown, right? And so we had to like pretty much get all the engineers work like day and night. And we kind of like launched century like a very quick e-commerce platform for businesses um, um at that time right because that was the only thing that was um that was running uh, and, and operating um and so it was like a very it was literally like we weren't sleeping right um you know all of that period because you know it was like you had no choice uh and so that was like the first acid test right of like uh this stuff isn't like it's not um i mean it's fun but it's not um you know it's uh, you, you don't really have like luxury of time or, you know, of, of anything in this. Um, so that was my first welcome. Um, and I think that, you know, while it was tough, um, but it was also a bit, um, adrenaline kind of like, you know, pumping, right. You know, where you now have to be like, really solve real problem. You know, we had, I think then about like, you know, 12 people on our team who we needed to pay salaries every day. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, and wow. we hadn't raised, right? <laughs> so we were, <laughs> we, we, we hadn't raised money. And so we were pretty much, you know, running the business out of like, you know, savings. Um, um, and so, I mean, for the first 12 months, myself and my co-founder didn't take a salary. Um, oh, wow. And, you know, um, that wasn't fun either because, you know, just had a, you know, had like a, a baby that was like, yeah. you know, transitioning and growing, um, you know, and so we had to just completely leave, um, leave, leave of our savings for the 12, for the first 12, um, first 12 months. Um, and like, you know, cut, you know, we, we had an office, you know, we kind of like, you know, shut the office down, um, you know, to save on rent. We sold like a furniture to kind of like make, oh, wow. uh, <laughs> to make money. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Did, did, did your, did your, did your, um, your wife come to you at some too. point and just say, Hey, you might go get a job. Um, no, I think it was too early then. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, there were those moments where, you know, in the middle of all of that, where you just be like, you know, I could just be at McKinsey now. And <laughs> <laughs> um, not, uh, you know, and not be, and, and not, not be, be bothered about this, you know, uh, 
exactly you know and every time it's like the 24th of the month is approaching you are like oh shit it's um it's payday uh and all of that right um we actually had to you know so we did end up having to actually do some consulting to at the end of the day to kind of pay the bill after a while i was basically like okay look this thing is taking off you know we are still building we've got bills to pay um it was basically either look to raise money or, you know, but we didn't want to raise at the time because, you know, you kind of want to have some validation, um, you know, in, 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 in the market before you go out and take other people's money. Um, and so, you know, myself and my co-founder, you know, were ex-consultant. That was the one thing we knew we could do very quickly. <laughs> um, you know, so we, we kind of started to split our time probably for about, I think we did that for about six to nine month period where we were um, splitting our time. A lot of it though was like, you know, we did some tech related consulting. We actually also, we had engineers. And so we also built product for other people just to kind of like bring in extra cash, right? Um, I think this is the things that like entrepreneurship teaches you is, you know, you need to like, you need to like adapt very quickly or you will, you know, you will die. It's an interesting point you're making. So let, let me just make sure I, I recap and understand that. So, so you started traction apps. It, it didn't, it didn't start out as, uh, just correct me if I'm wrong, it didn't start out as sort of solving the payment uh, pain points, right? That SMEs face right now. It started as some mm-hmm. sort of inventory management system. And then because yeah. of COVID, you had to pivot it into some sort of e-commerce, helping people go online because that's what everybody wanted to do at that time. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, to also sort of stay in business, you also started doing some consulting and sort of building, you know, applications with other people by the side. So you basically started from one point and then it morphed over several different iterations. Like, is that what you, are, you had to, is that what you had to go through? Exactly. Uh, exactly. Right. You know, so we, we started with like an inventory solution that we didn't even have the time to really sell, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, and then, you know, we, we moved into e-commerce. That was the thing. Um, I mean, the consulting was more like, you know, a, 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 a thing of necessity. Right. And then we kind of eventually found ourselves in, in um in, in in payment right so after, after e-commerce you know we you know and then the lockdown started to ease right you know so the way where we had built the e-commerce platform at, at, at the time was you know we still built it in a way that you know you know physical sellers could still use it when business opened right so so when the lockdown eased we went back to trying to sell that um to to, to customers right um and it turned out that you know it was something that, you know, businesses would kind of say, yeah, it's really nice. Like, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, inventory management is a problem for me. Uh, but when it came to like, okay, now let's move you onto this platform. There was so much inertia, right? Um, but the other thing that then happened with COVID was that digital payments, you know, just went completely like, crazy right you know and you know banks were not opened agency banking was like the thing um and what agency banking had done was kind of like you know educated customers that you know they can transact with their card at merchant locations you know and didn't have to always like withdraw cash 
Um, and so we went back trying to sell to our merchant and they kept on telling us about this. Uh, actually, the real problem they have now is, you know, their customers are coming and asking, you know, do you accept, um, you know, do you have, do you accept cards, right? Do you have a PO terminal and they didn't have, um, and the banks were slow at the time to kind of like see that shift. Right. Um, you know, and we're talking about like the really small, small merchants, right? The banks were slow to see that shift. And so we kept, you know, trying to push this inventory thing down their throat and, you know, they weren't buying it. <laughs> um, they weren't buying it. Um, and, you know, the payment thing was the thing that kept coming, um, coming up. Right. And so we just told ourselves, Hey, we need to, um, we need to like, this is like what people want. And so we needed to do a pivot. And so we pivoted essentially a third time, <laughs> um, you know, um, and this was all in a very short space of time. Right. You know, so how, how many months are we talking October about here? 2020. Is it weeks? Is it months? How long? Uh, I mean, so we, we, we started in, I started in March, right. And between March, we launched our e-commerce like end of April. Um, you know, the lockdown happened in like East around like June, uh, and we launched payments in October. Right? So yeah. we're, we're wow. Wow. Really That's crazy. Like, you know, six, uh, six, six, seven month period. Right. You know, having to like do a lot of like constant, um, iteration. Um, let, let me ask, let but, me ask a question here. Yeah. Maria, let me ask a question here. So, um, can you tell me a little, so, so. It looks like, you know, Traction Up going through like series of iterations, right? Can you tell me a little bit about what the company is now? What, who are the customers? Like, who are the guys that are using your, your, your services and your applications? And what is like the big pain point that you're solving? Because I think what, what is really interesting, right? In what you said um, is if you try to solve a problem where, which is not a pain point. Nobody's going to buy what you've got, right? You really have to solve something which is like yeah. a real pain point for the users to stand a chance, right? So just tell me a little bit around who are the customers, who, you know, is it a big business, a small business? What's the pain point? Yeah. I think that would be great to hear. Yeah. So, I mean, let me go into like selling mode, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but we, <laughs> no. Um, so we were pretty much building, you know, the way the, the kind of like easier way to like help people understand it. We're building Square for Africa, right? And we are helping uh, a lot of, um, you know, businesses to, to accept digital payments for the first time. Right. Um, you know, um, and so a lot of our customers are, you know, small, semi-formal. I wouldn't say they're, you know, informal, informal, but they're like semi-formal businesses. Um, you know, um, you know, typically, you know, one, the business owner and maybe like, you know, one staff or two staff. Right. Um, and you know, the, the biggest uh, and the first pain point that we help them to solve is, you know, we will enable you to start accepting, um, you know, digital payments from your customers in a very easy um, and, um, and seamless way. Um, and so today we enable, you know, payment acceptance via card. Um, so that's actual POS terminals and also via bank transfers, right, which are very popular in um in Nigeria, right? Um, and, you know, before us, right, you know, these guys would typically have had to go to a bank um, who would 
tell them to, you know, meet a number of requirements, both in terms of like the formalization of their business um, and also in terms of like minimum transaction thresholds, right? Um, and I always tell the story of our very first customer, right? So this guy was, um, he sells pasta and turkey in Yaba, right? Um, in a very like, you know, small like roadside, um, roadside um, shed, um, you know, used to bank with a bank. I won't mention the name. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'd asked them for a terminal for, I think about 18 months and, you know, they, they just didn't like answer him. And we came and said, hey, we can, we can, we can give you a terminal in 24 hours, right? And so it was pretty much like a no-brainer, right? So, so what we do is really just lower the barrier to entry for these businesses. Um, we enable them to own their terminals so that they don't have like minimum transaction targets, but we allow them to pay instrumentally, right, for the terminals. So it's, it's really easy for them. Um, and we, we, we then like over time, we also launch like acceptance over our bank, bank transfers, right, so that these guys could actually open accounts in their business names for the very first time. Um, you know, many of them, you know, either two would like just be running the business from their personal accounts. Uh, and so we, we noticed that as well. And so now we enable them to also now create accounts in their business name. So they are more formal. They can separate their business finances um, from, from, from personal. Um, and we have now, you know, so that's our entry point is typically payments. And we have now, you know, like, you know, morphed and into like now offering them, you know, more and more services, you know, going from lending, um, you know, um, on to like even, you know, connecting them to other partners that can help them grow. Fantastic. And and how how many, I don't know whether you can share this, but how many, can you give us a, side of, a, size, a sense of how big the size is now in terms of customer base, in terms of number of transactions? Like how big are you now when it comes to Nigeria? Um, so right now we, we are at about, 30,000 customers um, oh, wow. um, across the um, across the country we we have customers in about 21 states of Nigeria um, but we do have um, physical presence in about six um, states we're just opening up the seven states now um, but you know we have customers that also just found us you know, via, you know, online, you know, via digital marketing, and we basically ship um, devices to them or they just use the bank transfers. Um, so that has been growing steadily, right? You know, you know, on average, we're growing sort of like 20% um, um, month on month, right? Um, in terms of both customer numbers and also um, transaction, um, transaction volumes. Fantastic. So, so about 30,000 customers now across multiple states in Nigeria. The Square of Africa, like you, you sort of put it, those for, for the audience, those of you who don't know Square, Square is, I think, a $110 billion valuation company in based out of the U.S. So my wife's onto something big here. But yeah, we should talk after this conversation. $110 billion is a, that's a, lot, of, <laughs> it's a lot of money. Um, and you've basically been going roughly about 20%. When, when, did, you, when did you realize that Obviously, there's, you know, you've seen how, I'm sure you've, you're very confident of how Square has done it in the U.S., right? When did you realize that this is going to be like a big thing in Nigeria, right? When did you actually start to see, you know, the growth and the customers and, you know, 20, like what, what made you sort of get a conviction this could be big? Yeah. So remember I said that when we were pushing the inventory management thing, you know, um, 
down um, customers' throat, right? And they weren't buying it. I think, you know, what completely shifted for us was when we actually launched payment, it was the complete opposite, right? It was the customers now chasing us down, right? I remember we, uh, we launched in October, right? But we actually signed our first customer in early September, right? Um, For a product that we had not even like finished um, building, um, you know, but we, you know, and then our partner bank, like, you know, gave us like a six weeks delay and it was now the customer was like calling us literally every single day. Like, I need this thing. I need this thing. I need this thing. Um, I think for us, that was, was very clear that, okay, we had basically eat the jackpot, right? It's like when your customers are the ones like, you know, chasing you, then you know that you are onto, um, that you're onto something, right? And so we, at that point, just completely retool this, uh, retool the team, you know, um, you know, post <laughs> um, any like build on the inventory bit and just be like, okay, now, you know, we, um, you know, let's really double down on, um, on payments, right? Um, and, you know, start to now, you know, like really build, um, really build something, um, some, something here. Um, and I think, you know, over, over, over the months that came after, a lot of that um, conviction was even much more reinforced, right? Um, when we also started to see what was happening in other markets, right? That were very similar in Nigeria. And so we started like talking to people, um, you know, in India, we spoke to Bharat Pay, um, you know, in terms of what they had done in, in India, you know, we spoke to folks in Indonesia as well and South Africa. Um, and, you know, then it was like, oh, wow, this is, you know, this is something, and we and we were early, right? You know, we were early to the space, right? I'll probably say we were probably the first, or maybe at worst, the second, um, you know, company that really was going after like businesses that's like an independent, uh, you know, um, you know, and I wasn't doing agency banking, right? I was really going after businesses. Um, we were um, we were quite early, but you know, kind of then talking to all of these people. He was like, okay, look, we are onto something. And if we could really double down, you know, it can be, um, it could be really big. Fantastic. Myra, I'm, I'm very excited to talk about, I'm very excited to talk about what's the next for traction of that. But before we do that, um, you know, as a, as a startup, tech startup on the continent, you know, I typically see, you know, three or four problems, right? One is customers, which I think we've spoken about and sort of scaling the customer base. Second one is, funding and making sure you don't run out of cash. Third one is building a team. And the fourth one is like, whatever country you're in, what are the challenges, regulation, et cetera, right? Um, just to get your, your thoughts on, on number yeah. two and number four, right? So number two, you know, funding and how do you make sure you don't, you don't, you don't run out of cash, right? You have, you know, how much, how much, how much uh, VC funding have you raised today? So, um, I mean, I don't know if I can, on air, you know, <laughs> fully disclose what we've raised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and just because we we haven't, 
actually announce any of our fundraising for, for many reasons, partly because of number four. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. Um, and so we, we like to stay under the radar, um, you know, just until, you know. But, but how, how big are we talking about? Are we talking about you know, a couple of hundred thousands? Are we talking the millions, you know, rough sense, you know, which... No, so, so I think, yes, I think, yes, it's, um, we've raised today, it's in the seven figures, right? I think that, okay. um, you know, we, we have, right? Um, we, we started out like, you know, just raising a very small round. I can actually mention that it was like 100K, which is like complete just family and friends, um, you know, round. And this, we started this in October, right? You know, like that, we... We didn't want to raise until we had enough conviction, right? That we 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 had a product that could actually scale in the market, right? And you know, didn't want to take people's money. Um, but immediately we kind of like launched in October and we're like, okay, now finally this is something that can can, can take off. And we 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 decided to like raise a very small um, a very small round then um, and. Um, um, you know, we've raised about two rounds um, after um, after that. Um, again, I think that, you know, to, to this thing of funding, right, is also, I think when you also find the right product and the right market fit, you, you know, then funding starts to become easier, right? So um, what happened, you know, actually raising our first institutional round, we weren't actually raising money. Right, it was literally just like a casual chat with like someone that runs a um like a, a, a local fund, um and he heard about what we we're doing and it was like shit no I need to <laughs> need to get in. um I need to invest um in, in, I I need to get in right and we basically created the round for him um and they were the only investors in that round um you know and and then you know from from then on it became a bit like you know. Um, much easier to 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 raise right because it was then clear that there was a product that could really um, that was solving a real problem in the market. I, I know you touched on this yeah. a bit earlier, right? but how did you guys survive? So you started twenty twenty. I think your first raise was sometime twenty twenty one, right? Um, how did you guys survive all that time? Was there yeah. a time when you felt like you know you looked at your bank account, you're like, ah, we're we're a couple of days away from. From from going bankrupt, right? Did you did that ever happen to you? How did you manage? How did you feel? How did you manage that? Yeah, so I remember we I mean we did have we did have to I think we, we took out a loan late twenty twenty. Um from well two things actually. One is um um I uh, I basically we drew out of my pension account. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you went, this is you going all in. This is all in, you know? Yeah. Wow. It was, um, see, this is like late, yeah, like then or like September or something. I basically, um, you know, took money out of my pension account, you know, just to, um, and my, my co-founder also had like money that, you know, he had saved up and we pretty much, you know, put all of, all of the money into the business. Um, and, um, then we started to raise in October. Um, and at that point we like, you know, it was like, you know, if we didn't raise, we we're going to like just shut down. Um, we started raising and then, you know, the way, you know, the way these things happen is that people make commitments and then, 
know, they tell you, I'm going to pay you. I can, yeah, I'm going to commit him, but the money can only come in two months, um, ETC. Um, and so um, there were some months that we actually, you know, like paid salaries, like maybe like a week late, you know, and just like, at least for like the more senior folks and just explain to them, you know, a, you know, money's coming and we're just like literally waiting for one person to wire the check um, so that we could meet, um, we could meet payroll. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that happened, I think for like, there was like basically like a three to four month period where like money was really, um, money was really tight, um, you know, and we were just like, you know, seeking, um, see, you know, like, you know, seeking validation and all, but I think, you know, I honestly, I, I think there are folks that, you know, just to be also a bit honest, I think there are folks that probably had it worse. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, I think we were lucky that one, we got, we got a, a few consulting gigs, like in the middle of COVID that gave us enough money to, to, to run. Um, but, but even there with like that flexibility to know that, Hey, you've got some skills, you can use it. You can bring in money, even though we're doing consulting, but we were not earning a dime from it. It was just great. It was all going to, um, going to, back to, to pay salaries. Yeah. Right. Um, but at least, you know, we had that, we had that source and, you know, I had a pension account that I could go to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the air folks will obviously like, you know, find it a bit tougher. Right. You know, and, you know, and, and after like, you know, um, like, you know, resort to a bit more, um, extreme, um, extreme measures. Right. Um, but I think we, we were a bit lucky, right. You know, um, to also, you know, when we started the family and friends round to also have a couple of folks around us that we could very quickly, um, you know, um, raise from, and, you know, could really like, you know, get us money out, um, very, very quickly. So, so, so my, I guess for me, what I'm hearing from you is, you know, a couple of things that I think a lot of people are sort of thinking about jumping on this sort of tech startup entrepreneurship journey may not necessarily be all right. I think one is just the importance of that support network around you, right? Family and friends, like you said. And then I think the second one I'm picking up from you is, it's actually tough, right? Like you have to really believe in the idea and believe that, hey, this thing is actually going to be successful. For you to get comfortable, to get to the point where you're like drawing into your pension fund, you know, taking a loan. I mean, these are huge decisions, right? So unless you're like, unless you have deep conviction that, hey, this thing is going to work and you have the data and the customer yeah. validation is there, it's, it's very hard to, uh, very hard to achieve. And, and obviously yeah. the third one is there are some days where you're going to be, you're going to have to delay making certain payments and be very close to the edge. Hey, you know, it, it's all worked out very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's yeah. next for Traction Apps? As you think about the next sort of three to five years. Just to end that thought, right? Yeah, is that, even though yes, it's not it's not easy and it's tough, right? But it does always. I think once you have that conviction, right? And I think that conviction you get a lot really from your customers, right? You know, you can read all the market reports and all, right? But you know, your customers really tell you at the end of the day, right? Like if you've got something, is you know, if you're able to ride that wave, right, of the first few months right then you know things you know things start to things start to shape up right so just not to discourage people <laughs> um, is, you know really yeah you know it it, it it might be tough in the early days but really you know once you hit the jackpot you know then you know it becomes much easier fantastic what's next what's next attraction 
So for us, right, um, we, we're pretty much at the stage, you know, where we believe we've kind of gone past product market fit, right? And it's really about scaling and, you know, proving that this is beyond something that, you know, a few, you know, hundreds of customers are interested in, that this is something that, you know, thousands of customers want to, um, want to, um, want to buy into. So we are, um, you know, um, you know, growing, you know, quite aggressively, um, both, you know, in each, like our first initial focus is growing within Nigeria. Um, uh, and we, we, we are, well, 30,000 today over the next sort of like, you know, 12 months, we're trying to get to 200,000, um, 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 customers, um, on, um, on board, um, in Nigeria, and, uh, also now in Nigeria, um, specifically, um, you know, um, and from a product standpoint, you know, payments is still like an entry product, but, you know, we have, we are, we, we, we've also now launched loans, um, and lending, um, for, for merchants because they all go hand in hand, right. You know, is, you know, once you digitize your payment as a business, there's now enough transparency to be able to, um, give you access to capital and help you to grow. So we launched that. It's six months in, and so we're going to continue to grow that product um, as um, as well, right? And you know, we basically want to be, you know, in twelve months' time, right? It needs to be like if you're a business and you, if you're starting a business in Nigeria, right, and you're looking for a partner, right? You know, the first name is Traction. Uh, you know that that's really where we we're trying to go, and then we are also now starting to look into you know to the risk you know number four that you mentioned um you know what are other countries that we can now um you know look to to expand um expanding and we'll probably be making moves on that probably you know early next year um you know um you know opening up a second country are you are you coming over here to ghana it's, it's on the short list <laughs> uh, it's it's uh it's on the, it's on the, it's on the short list, right? Um, Fantastic. Think, you know, for, for many obvious reasons. Uh, but yeah, let's see. Let's see. Fantastic. Fantastic. Finally, any, yeah. any advice for, you know, the audience, you know, who's sort of listening, you know, thinking of, you know, having the same level of restlessness that you, you, you know, you've had for a number of, number of years, like what, what advice would you, would you, would you share? Yeah, so I think that maybe, uh, you know, if I kind of say two or three things, right, that are um, that are important, right? I think one is the importance of being um, really adaptable, right? Um, especially now, like, in, in, in the climbs that we're in, right? You know, um, you know, there's so many things that, like, changing rapidly. Um, and so it, it's really important that you are... Um, you're adaptable. Uh, adaptable is, you know, both in terms of like your customer needs and what your customers would want and being flexible enough to say, hey, you know, tear apart what you have and like, you know, start again if you need to. Um, but also adaptable in how you also solve it, right? Um, and so, um, you know, could you do this while you're at a job and, you know, still make sure that you have like a cushion of income, um, you know, and get some validation, um, do you need to go find a co-founder because it's going to make things much easier? Uh, and so you just need to be much flexible, right? And saying that there are multiple parts to, or could you even, you know, solve a problem within another business, right? You know, that's something that at Traction, we are 
even now encouraging our staff, right? Who is like, hey, you know, you have this thing, we're happy to actually um, support you to build it within um, within traction and put some funding behind um, behind it, right? So could you even do that, right? You know, there are many, there are many routes to solving problems. And so it's just important that you remain flexible. Um, I think second is, um, you know, I mentioned it a little bit in the first is actually find a partner, right? Uh, you know, you never want to mm. be on this journey alone. Um, you know, um, and maybe if I broaden that point is like find a support system, right? You know, um, you know, first support system will be, you know, if, if, you, if, if you, you know, if you have a spouse or a significant order, you know, that's, yeah, you know, that's, that's the first important support system because, you know, when all the madness happens, you, you know, you want to at least have one place where there's peace <laughs> um, and you can always like, you know, take time out, but, but, but also as you're running a business, like, you know, find a, find, find a co-founder where you guys, your, your values align and, you know, you're both in, you're both in it, right? Because, you know, in those days when things are tough, right? You know, you don't want to be completely alone, um, you know, thinking, thinking these things like, you know, two heads are always better than one, you know, three even better than two. <laughs> um, you know, so, so find, so, so find, 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 find a partner that, you know, you guys are, now you're also friends, right? Because, you know, that's just important. <laughs> um, you know, um, you know, the days you, you wouldn't always agree on things, right? But, you know, because you guys are friends, right? You know, you can completely, you know, um, segment issues, um, properly. Um, um, also find people around you, co-workers, ATC, you know, friends, family, you know, that also believe in you, that can also be, you know, support systems, um, you know, in those early days, right? You know, and they don't always have to be like people who would invest, right? It might just even be like connecting you to customers, right? Um, uh, or connecting you to partners. Uh, a lot of our first partners were just folks that, you know, people connected us to, right? You know, and then things moved um, you know, very, um, very fast. So, so I think that's a, so, you know, number one is kind of be adaptable to is, you know, build a support system before you launch out. Um, and the third is just enjoy the ride, right? Um, you know, have fun as much as you can. Um, you will be, I think I was saying earlier when we were chatting informally that I think I probably work I don't work less hours. So probably you know, my, my wife said I work I, I work even longer hours these days, but I'm having fun, right? Uh, and I'm actually you know genuinely enjoying what I'm doing. Um, and I think that's that that's all that matters, right? Just that you are you're happy and you're fulfilled. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic, Myra. Thanks a lot for for you know taking the time out. You know, must it's you know really great catching up with you after all these years um, and, and hearing about your journey. It's an exciting journey. It's very inspirational. Uh, we wish you and the, and the Lapo and the folks at uh, Traction all the best and uh, looking forward to having you in Ghana very soon. Keep it, keep it at the top no, of the thanks, of thanks. Thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully it's Ghana, right? Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll probably be in Ghana at some point this year. So definitely. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, thank you. Cheers.